Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today a brain dump from Kelvin, who has recently been working with the BITC, that's business in the community, about communication with digital. Enjoy. Fairly recently, a few of us at the Site Visibility team have been involved in a quite interesting series of events with the BITC. Now, the BITC uh, are business in the community. And they're an organisation based in the UK who kind of have this this role of supporting and helping um, responsible businesses. And we've been going out and having conversations with their communications, people who are interested in BITC, who also work in comms and PR and all of that type of thing. And we've been delivering a presentation um, around some current trends in digital and some kind of fundamental tools um, that potentially give you some quite nice um, ways of solving communication problems. Now, we really enjoyed those presentations, so I wanted to kind of take that and distill that and turn that into a bit of a podcast that talks about some of the ways you can communicate using digital. Now, for those of you who really experience digital marketers, hopefully this will be a nice kind of refresher and taking a step back. But for those of you who are a little newer to digital marketing, this will hopefully be a really good introduction to some of the topics that are important. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that when we're talking about online marketing, the the battle for attention has never really been any more competitive. It's hugely competitive at the moment. And the reality is, is that it's not going to get any easier. Now, perhaps in the past, when you're a business, you were competing against your competitors for the attention of your customers in a magazine or in a PR environment. But nowadays, you're competing against all of the social networks and lots of brands all producing their own content. It's not getting any less competitive. But what you will find is that there are more and more opportunities. There are more and more tools available that potentially could make your life easier. And these are tools which allow you to understand your customers, allow you to find a place within that communications mix to make sure that you're there, you're heard, and you're taking part in the conversation. Now, I think it's worth taking a bit of a step back to kind of ask the question, well, what is it that we need to do in order to communicate online successfully? Well, I think in most cases, there's probably four things that you need in order to be successful in an online communications brief. Now, the first of those is insight. You need to understand and have a view, have some insight into your marketplace. 
But that's not enough. You need to have content. You need to have something that responds to that insight, that is built upon that, that has a chance of making a connection, of resonating with your particular audience. But merely producing that content isn't enough. You need a distribution channel. You need a means of getting that content out to those people. And finally, you need a measurement methodology. You need to understand what success looks like. You need to know if you've done a good job or if you've done a less good job. You need to give you the information that's required in order that you can improve and refine and generally get better at your process. So I think you need insight, content, distribution, and measurement. Now, the rest of this podcast, I'm going to share with you some particular tools that allow you to gain that insight, to build better content, to distribute your content more effectively, more appropriately, and finally, a little bit about measurement. Now, some of these tools you might be familiar with. If not, it's certainly worth spending some time because they help you gain all that's required in order to have a successful communications project. Because the reality is that we need all of those four things working together. One of them in isolation won't allow you to have a successful campaign. If you don't have the insight, your content won't be effective. If you have insight but no content, it's not going to resonate with anyone. You need all four of those working together. So the first area I wanted to concentrate on was insight. Now, there's never been more tools available. There's never been greater resources for insight. But I wanted to concentrate specifically on Google Trends. Now, some of you will be familiar with Google Trends. Um, It's an incredibly powerful tool that allows you to understand what people are searching for and some of the patterns around that, but patterns about time of year or potentially location. But Google Trends is particularly good at taking a couple of terms and comparing the relative popularity in those search terms. Now, there's a variety of different insights that you might be able to gain for this. Perhaps there's a seasonal variation in your sector that you didn't know about. Perhaps there's a pretty dramatic change in demand that's occurring in your space. For example, I worked on a project a number of years ago where the results were relatively flat. The natural search traffic that was coming through to a client's website wasn't increasing. Now, on first look, that might seem like a bad result. It might seem like you're doing a poor job. But the reality was there were fewer people searching for those search queries, for those terms that were related to their business. Now, suddenly, actually keeping their traffic flat in a declining market is actually a relatively good result. Now, what you'll find is there's all kinds of different patterns in this. Now, often when I'm talking about Google Trends, I ask the question to people, which month of the year do you think would be the most popular for people searching for gym memberships? Now, 100 times, 99 times out of 100, everyone puts their hand up and says January. And that's the case. There's certainly more people searching in January than any other month of the year. That's interesting. And most gyms would know that. In fact, most people walking along the street would know that. But the question then is, for the rest of the months of the year, how do they allocate their budget? Should they just go, okay, we'll we'll put most of our budget in January and we'll split the rest evenly through the other 11 months of the year? Well, the reality is it's not flat throughout the year. What you'll find is September, for example, is often a very popular month for gym membership searches. And for that reason, they shouldn't necessarily allocate their paid search budget equally across the months because they'll miss out in September and potentially have money to spare in other months of the year. But the same for their PR, the same for their social media. If more people are interested in your product at a particular time of year, you need to invest your time accordingly. Now, those ones are kind of obvious, but often you get surprising results. So one that I frequently refer to is around contact lenses. Now, in the number of presentations and training sessions when I've talked about this, I asked the question, when do you think would be the most popular month of the year for people searching for contact lenses? Typically, people say 
um, like January, it's a New Year's resolution, that type of thing, a new look for a new year. Or they kind of talk about summer. So maybe it's to do with sport, maybe it's to do with sunglasses, all of those types of areas. Now, the reality is the most popular month of the year, quite significantly for contact lenses, is October. Now, it seems the reason this is the case is it's around Halloween. And there's far more people searching for coloured contact lenses, which drives up the search traffic in the term as a whole. But actually, if you speak to opticians, you speak to people who sell contact lenses, they sell more conventional contact lenses at this time as well. So that's an interesting insight. I've been able to understand my customers in a way that I didn't do previously, and I can then reflect that in my communications programme. One piece of insight we found when presenting this to communications people working in responsible businesses was we used the example of Charity Marathon. Now, instinctively, again, that might feel like it's a month, you know, it's, an, it's a term that people would be more interested in around January. Now, in the UK, we find something quite different. We find that April is the period when most people are searching and interested in that term. There is a peak in January, but it's a much bigger peak around April which coincides with the London Marathon, a big event here in the UK. Now, again, in many cases, this type of insight will just reinforce what you might instinctively know, but suddenly you've got data to back up that insight, and that's perfect insight. You've got proof, scientific proof, to back up your instincts, and that's what we're looking for. So then moving on to the content. When we're trying to come up with content ideas, what are some of the tools we might use? Well, the one that's really, really popular with me at the moment, one that I'm enjoying using a lot, is a tool called Answer the Public, which is produced by our friends here in Brighton. Now, that allows you to get a visualisation of the questions people are asking around a particular topic. And understanding questions that people are searching for, questions that people are interested in knowing the answer, is a perfect cue for content creation. If you know that someone's got a question, it's very easy to pull together the content that's going to help you answer that. Now, one thing I particularly like about the tool Answer the Public is it takes these words, these which, who, what, when, why, how, are, and where, and appends them to your search query and gives you suggestions of potential topics and then visualizes that in a nice circular graphical form. Now, some of those suggestions will just be irrelevant. So, for example, we put in CSR, you know, corporate social responsibility, and it brought back a lot about there's a racing team, um, there's a, you know, a, a motorsport team that have CSR in it. Now, they're not the ones that we're interested in, but what we're interested in is the questions that start to allow us to think about what we could produce as content. So, for example, using which, people are searching for which company has CSR, which companies do CSR. Um, you know, that's an interesting area to talk about. We've also got ideas about, you know, what are CSR models? So there we've got people asking a particular question. Now, if I was related to that sector, I wanted to reach people who are interested in CSR, that's given me content ideas. Now, at that stage, a bit of thought is required to understand the best format to put that content in. Now, that will depend upon the insight and understanding you've got of your customers. In many cases, a blog post is a good place to start, but you might want to explore and play with infographics, ebooks, video, even podcasts as a potential ways of answering those questions. But that gives you flexibility because you've got your insight about when and where and what topics you should be talking about, but you've also got ideas of content. And then you decide which would be the best way to present and answer that question. Then you need to think about distribution. Now, this is typically where I see the problem in some campaigns. They've done a very good job 
initially of gaining some insight and producing some content, but they haven't thought about how they're going to get that out there, how they're going to distribute it. Now, there's lots of paid options there, and I think actually that's an area that's worth exploring in a little bit more detail around paid options to promote your content. But in most cases, people don't necessarily always have a budget to play with. So instead, I recommend a free tool called FollowerWonk. Now, you have to sign in with your Twitter account, but once you have, you get quite a lot of data out for free. It is a freemium tool, so you sometimes have to pay for access to more of the data, but a lot of the work that you might want to do, you can do without any payment whatsoever. Now, essentially, it allows you to find and connect with new influencers in your niche, and it actually has some really nice, actionable visualizations that compare your social graph to others. But the area I like to use it most frequently is in order to find people I want to talk to about my content, people I'd want to pitch to. So I can search people's Twitter biography based upon keywords or based upon the company they work for. If I know that I would really like this brand, this publisher to talk about me, I can put in the name of that publisher and very quickly find the details of people who have that listed as their website on Twitter. Now, if they've got that listed as their website on Twitter, there's a good chance they work for them. And there's a good chance that they're the people you're going to want to speak to. Now, there's a lot of media databases out there that offer great information, but they're often very, very expensive. If you just want to find the person you ought to be having a conversation with, that you ought to be pitching your content to at a publisher, Follower Wonk's a great place to start. Now, in the BITC presentations, we put in responsible business as a particular term, and we were immediately able to find dozens of people, all of whom who said they were interested in responsible business. Now, if I'm trying to talk to people like that, I've immediately found a great group of people to be interacting with. Now, there's a huge amount of skill and craft in deciding how you communicate to them, but the tools are there to help you find them, which hopefully saves you time to allow you to write something more personal, to spend some more time making sure you're outreaching in the right way. Now, our final area is measurement. Now, a lot of the measurement that you would want to do, you can measure using Google Analytics. But there's another tool that I quite like, which actually allows you to benchmark yourself, to benchmark your performance against your competitors, which I think is often a good way, particularly if you've got to report to someone more senior, to help them get a sense of how successful you've been. Now, BuzzSumo analyzes what content from your website um, has been widely socially shared, or allows you to find content from your niche that has been widely socially shared as well. So you can use that as a benchmark. And it also allows you to sort by different networks so you can see which social networks are the ones that you should be paying most attention to or whether particular pieces of content appeals to certain audiences but doesn't appeal to others. So, for example, when we were doing the presentation for BITC, we put in their website. Now, their most popular piece of social content was an article called um, The Times Top 50 Employers for Women in 2014. Now, that in total got um, just under 2,000 shares. But what's interesting about that is most of them are on LinkedIn. Now that's perhaps because it's to do with careers. But if you look at the rest of the content that they produced, generally speaking, they found that actually Facebook was probably a bit of a more popular social network for them, apart from this one article that seemed to do particularly well. So then we start to go, well, they've got a big marketing plan around their responsible business week. That's one of the areas of their business that they invest a lot of time in, which seems to do very well on Facebook. Content around that seems to do well on Facebook, but not LinkedIn. So you're starting to get this insight there, potentially, that's what can they do around responsible business week to connect with the LinkedIn audience? 
Now that's some insight we gained about them there, but how are we gonna use that for measurement? When you're producing your content, you can look at a site like BuzzSumo and get a sense of how many people responded to that content. And you can then see the content that did well, you do more like that, the content that didn't do quite so well, you learn from those mistakes and refine your process from there. Now, in summary, I think it's just a case of that really, in any online communications, you need insight on your community. You need to be able to build the right content for that community that actually is going to connect with them. You need to make sure that you distribute it appropriately to the right people in the right way, but also measure it. And you need to know what success looks like for you. And that probably comes from benchmarking your previous performance or your performance against your competitors. But if you can get all of those things right, you're probably in a very good place to be doing some successful online digital marketing, particularly in the world of communications. Well, thanks for listening. Show notes are at sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. And we're on iTunes and Stitcher and we love reviews, so please do that. If you want to email us, it's podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and the telephone hotline, as always, plus four four one two seven three two five six one. That's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Calvin, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.